first reading this morning, 1 John 4, from 14 to 16. It will be on the screen and it is on page 1227 in the Church Bible. 1 John 4, 14 to 16. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. Merry Christmas. Though I've decided to change the name. Not Merry Christmas, but Merry Christmas. For after all, there are so many myths about Christmas. The 25th of December. Do you think that's really the day that Jesus was born? Well, it could be. There's a 1 in 365 chance uh, that the 25th of December is the right date. Uh, back 3rd or 4th century, they decided to pick a festival to replace. That was the festival they decided to replace with the festival of Jesus' birth. And ever since, we've been thinking it's his birthday. Christmas. And that's not the only way in which we celebrate, which is actually a myth. We think, don't we, that Christmas brings peace on earth. And because we don't get around to watching the news on Christmas Day, or probably if we did, it would still be happy stories, we actually think it's true. But it's a myth, isn't it? The wars continue. We think that everyone's happy at Christmas, especially when they get together with their family. But that's not always true. There are so many myths about Christmas. And some people will tell us that it's not just the way that we celebrate Christmas that's a myth, but that Christmas itself, what we are celebrating, who we are celebrating, is a myth. Most people now actually agree that Jesus was a real person, but this hype about Jesus, this he's the son of God sent into the world and did miracles, surely that's a myth, they say. He was a remarkable man, clearly, but the stories are exaggerated. The walking on water, you've heard, haven't you, it was really a sandbar. The feeding the 5,000 was really a little boy who had decided to share his lunch and everyone else decided to share too. And they were left with leftovers somehow. There were real things that happened, but they got exaggerated. There were shepherds, but surely no angels. And surely this one's a myth. Three wise men in the one place at the one time if you believe that. They're not actually lying, you see, but it's a bit like Chinese whispers where it gets exaggerated and over hundreds of years, they loved Jesus so much that they wanted to hype him up and it became fake news. A myth. doesn't matter, of course. For some people it brings hope. They're deluded but filled with hope. And the rest of us get to enjoy our public holidays. I want you to see that John, who saw these things, wants us to know that it's not a myth. 
Do you see it there? Perhaps we could have the verses back on the screen there from John 1 John 4. We have seen and testify. John says at the beginning of his letter, what we have heard with our ears, what we have seen with our eyes, what our hands have touched, this we proclaim to you. We have seen and we testify that it's true. Do you think for a moment that the courage and the sacrifice of our fireys is a myth? No way. We have heard the sirens with our ears. We have seen the trucks with our eyes. Some of us, our hands have touched them. And we have smelt the fires. And so we can see and we testify to their courage and sacrifices. Are the fireys a myth? No way. And John says the same thing. I've seen and I testify. What does he testify? We have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son. Now that is a big claim, isn't it? Not just that he was placed in a manger, not just that there were angels, not just that he walked on water, not just that he fed 5,000, not just that he raised the dead that he was the son sent by God his father. Could this perhaps be exaggeration, hyping up Jesus? Well, one time when Jesus was claiming himself to be the son of God, the Jewish people of his day became very angry. They picked up stones to stone him. And when he asked them why, they said, because you, a mere man, claim to be God. Would a Jewish person exaggerate someone to be God? No way. John says we have seen and we testify that the Father has sent his Son. Is Christmas a myth? No way. And if you're not convinced about that, but you just go through the motions because Christmas is a great time of year, then I want to challenge you to give up Christmas if you think it's a myth. It's not worth celebrating if it's a myth. But investigate for yourself. Have you read one of the historical biographies of Jesus as an adult all the way through and taken it seriously? Surely you owe it that. Why don't you pick one up at the back? those red books at the back there, take it away and over the next two days of public holidays, read it through. It would take no more than two hours. And check out this claim. We have seen and we testify that the Father has sent his Son. But what has he sent him to do? We have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. That's Christmas, isn't it? The angel says, a saviour has been born to you. Do we know what a saviour is? We do. When I was growing up, it was Superman. The filmmakers have worked out that if you laid a man down and put a blue screen behind him, you could make it look like he was flying. And we thought it was incredible. And everyone was swept up with Superman. Superman is old news. But we do have our superheroes, don't we? The Avengers. 
the evil Thanos, in case you haven't seen it, you're the one person in the world who hasn't seen it, the evil Thanos collects up in the previous movies all the infinity stones which gives him all power. And being the kind, benevolent, evil man that he is, he's concerned about overpopulation in the universe. And so he uses this ultimate power to instantaneously kill half the population of the universe. That's a problem, isn't it? How are you going to fix that in the final movie of the series? How are the superheroes, even a team of superheroes, going to save the universe? Well, very simple. You could guess this one. They go back in time and stop him getting the stones or something like that. I can't quite remember. And they save the universe. It's no wonder, is it, that it is the highest grossing movie of all time with a plot like that. In comparison, a baby in an animal food box looks weak. A man dying on a cross looks weak. And the angels promised, didn't they, peace on earth, and that doesn't seem to be happening, but it's a different sort of peace that this saviour brings. You see, in all those movies, the world is always innocent. Evil villain, innocent world. But the Bible says that is not true. Verse 10 and before these verses says, Not that we loved God. We rejected God and rejected other people. Everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life comes from the world. We reject God and reject each other. And so the world is in a mess. And if you're not sure that's true, if you think really that in a time of calamity and disaster and fear, the community pulls together and we look after each other. Well, I was at the fires meeting at Bowen Mountain last Monday night. There was a question time and someone wanted to know, if we have to evacuate, if we decide to go, should we leave our houses unlocked so the RFS can come in and defend our homes. What do you think? Leave it unlocked because the community will pull together and look after my house? The answer was no way. Experience shows that people will come and come into your house. For that is the world. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. And you and I are part of that world. Here is the Bible's saviour of the world story. The world is not innocent. The world is guilty. And so we are even in worse danger than danger from looters, than danger from one another. We are in danger from God. Because he takes rejection seriously and personally. And a little later in this passage it says that there is a day of judgment coming where he will take each one of us seriously. And we need a saviour. And here is the incredible twist of the saviour of the world story of the Bible. The world is not innocent but guilty. And the one coming to hold that world to account, God himself, sends the saviour. 
Do you think the evil Thanos sent his son to save the world from himself? No way. And yet the father, who will hold us to account on the day of judgment, sent his son into the world, and not just sent his son into the world, but to die for the world. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to die for us. Our firefighters are sent to save, aren't they? They put their lives on the line. And this week we had the terrible news that two of those firefighters gave their lives. They put their lives on the line and when a tree fell in front of their truck in the midst of the fires, they died. Extraordinary courage, extraordinary sacrifice. And like that, the father sent his son into the world to be the saviour of the world, to put his life on the line, more than that, to give his life. It's extraordinary love. No wonder it says in the last verse here, verse 16, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. When you know and rely on this love, you know that the day of judgment is taken care of. There is now no fear in love. And you know, it says at the end of this letter, that you have eternal life, an eternal life where there'll be no bushfires. You won't need to lock your house and you'll never need to evacuate. So I just want to ask you a simple question this Christmas. Do you know this love? With so much devastation and destruction and fear with the bushfires, we do ask, don't we, what is God doing here? Does he really love us? The Bible says you can know, you can know God's love, for this is how God showed his love among us, it says. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Do you know this love? And do you rely on this love? Put the question in another way. Is the saviour of the world your saviour? In the Saviour of the World movies, that's a silly question, isn't it? The world is full of people, they're all in danger, and the Saviour of the world saves them all. But the true Saviour of the world does not save everyone. To see that's implied there in verse 15. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God... God lives in them and they in God. It's implied, do you see? If anyone does not acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God. But that's nothing to worry about, isn't it? At Christmas time, everyone acknowledges Jesus. That perhaps is the greatest Christmas myth. That all you need to do to respond to Jesus is celebrate his birthday. That's a myth, isn't it? You need to acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God. 
Verse 14, he's been sent to be the saviour of the world. That must mean that you need saving and that I need saving, that we have rejected God and we deserve his judgment and the father sent his son to die for you. Do you know that? And do you rely completely on his love for you? What difference would that make? How would it change you? Would other people be able to tell that you were knowing and relying on the love God has for you? It says a little later in the passage, he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. I don't mean do you love your brother and sister, are you going to be kind to them when you see them at lunch today? It's not that sort of brother and sister. It's not even the people in your local community. Do you love them? No, in the Bible, that's God's people, his family, others who know and rely on the love God has for them. They might be well different to you. You might have nothing in common with them, but you will love them if you know and rely on the love God has for you. If you're visiting with us today, we are so glad you're with us. We love celebrating Christmas together and we love welcoming people to do that with us. We'd love you to know and rely on the love God has for us in Jesus. And we'd love you to see the difference that makes as we meet together, not just once a year, but week by week. Why don't you pick up one of the Gospel of Luke's over there, and why not join us here? Join us here week by week and see the difference that knowing and relying on the love of God makes for loving one another. We have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. Is he your Saviour? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can, in the midst of all the troubles of life, that we can know and rely on the love you have for us, for you have shown it so clearly. Father, help us to acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God, sent into the world to save the world, to save us. Father, if we have doubts, if we think there are myths, Help us to investigate, to find out and decide for ourselves. Help us to understand what it means to know and rely on the love you have for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.